Good evening, everyone. Episode 81 of So What's Been Happening. 1981, hey? Um, BFL grand final between, fittingly, Carlton Collingwood um, with the Blue Baggers getting up. So massive year, massive year. Um, interestingly enough, round 23 finished off with a Carlton Collingwood classic. So we'll talk about that tonight um, in amongst everything, lots of other things. Um, it's a big night for football uh, with the, the awards nights on, um, the launch of AFLW for another season, the Women's League, that kicks off. Let's see what the Bombers bring um, from a women's point of view this year. Who, who knows? It could uh, bring a premiership before the men's team. Geez, there's been a bit of unrest there, that's for sure. Um, and Alistair Clarkson has made his decision and he arrives at North Melbourne, back home, the spiritual home. Who would have thought? So it's going to be an interesting time um, in the AFL landscape, that's for sure. Uh, we've got a few things to cover off tonight in music as well and also art. So before we get into talking footy, we're going to bring the boys up and have a quick chat and then we're going to talk through um, a couple of other exhibitions and things that are on uh, in the next couple of days. All right. We're going to kick it off with Lovey tonight. How are you, great man? Good, mate. How are you? Good. Alan, I want your love. I love it. That's a good one, mate. We haven't used that one before. You're bringing up fresh ones. Mate, I'm starting to really delve into the uh, song titles with the surname, and it, it's the list is just starting to really sink now. So uh, I don't even remember. Uh, who, who sung that song? It was... It was, it was Crystal Waters, 1995. There you go. I can tell you who who will definitely know, uh, and that's this fella, old old school ladies. Knock it no, yeah. Transmission vamp. Oh, no, it was Crystal Waters, 1995. You'll be right. Um, oh, I thought I, I thought in the in the great in the great uh, theme of no, 1981. And... Go for it, lobby. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know who that bloke was. So in the um, <laughs> in the great tradition of 1981 and the Empire Strikes Back, mate, I thought we'll get the big bobblehead uh, headphones out tonight, a little bit of uh, Millennium Falcon slash X-Wing fighter type stuff and uh, even got the, the thing next to it. So I'm Super just waiting off. for a typhoon to come in and blow my backside off. I don't know. Yeah, I'm waiting for Han Solo. Great to hear that uh, Telstra's brought their... Their uh, customer service in house, mate. Great to hear. I look forward to the call, mate. This the, these headphones must be thirty years old. Seriously, they, uh, well, there's a retiring um, one of the big planes. I, I believe one of the planes is uh, leaving the skies, as far as one of the models uh, that exists. It's not going to be built anymore, so they look like they've come straight out of the cabin, mate. Out of the cockpit, yeah, probably. And I tell you what, someone's got the fattest head in the world too. Look at this. Look at the girth on the um, out the side here. I haven't got a small head, as you know, but someone must have been like that. Push, imagine pushing that out of child. Well, probably wasn't that big when it was born, but you know, that's um, a little bit of room, mate. A little bit of room. Yeah. Speaking of big heads, let's bring you back in. Guys, <laughs> welcome back. Oh, thank you. Well, we had to bring. Have you, you have you have you sorted out your swamp? Like, have you got actual connection, mate? Are you okay, mate? I'm fine. What do you mean by that? Well, my connection's never bad, mate. Disappointing us at the moment. You just got to lift in terms of making sure you stay connected. I need to lift. 
Need to lift. Okay, I'll lift. All right, boys. What we're going to do, um, I want to start off the show. You'll see the background behind us. Um, good friend of ours, uh, Electric Mary, Rusty from Electric Mary. Um, we he gives they gives us use used to use the song that, that filters the back of our music to start the show. Um, we've dedicated uh, the little tribute to the eighty ones for under Electric Mary. Uh, mainly tonight because uh, sadly they've had to cancel their European tour, um, which so much work went into this tour, which was to go for about a month. Um, they've decided. To, well, they didn't. They didn't decide through other, anything other than a super hard decision that um, Pete, the guitarist, his father has turned ill, um, and they're staying here to support him during this tough time. So that wouldn't have been an easy decision from a band's point of view. Um, and Rusty kind of feels like he's letting down so many other people um, that have put this tour together and all those kind of things. So Rusty's actually taken over to meet uh, meet with managers and all sorts of touring people over there for a little bit just to, because as you know, uh, trying to save money on a tour uh, at the moment, um, you don't, you don't change, you don't book uh, changeable flights and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of money that's uh, going to be tanked sadly on this tour. But I think, you know, to that, the priority is clear and it's clearly the right decision too. So um, I, hopefully father gets better. Yep, absolutely. That's all um, you can hope for. Hopefully there's some good news ahead. Um, yep. Just a very quick shout out. Uh, you'll see some names come up on the screen here that uh, I just want to acknowledge that the show 81, it's... Um, Oh, it's no time like the present to just uh, say a big thank you to everyone that's come on this show, uh, all the way from our last guest, Rodney Grinter and Katie Bates as well. Um, we've had some amazing guests and we're incredibly lucky to have had these people join us and we look forward to many more along the time. Guys, it's an exciting week in footy. Um, I can't help but have to start before we talk footy with our famous number, 81s. And thanks to Electric Mary for that backing track too. Um, he's a tell you what, there's some. He's a bit of anyone love. that follows. Sorry, I was going to say anyone that follows the NFL. There's some decent eighty ones in that. Yeah, it sure is. It's a, it, there's oh. actually a lot of players, believe it or not, that have taken that from eighty up to uh, ninety nine. So we look forward to featuring them over the next uh, few weeks. Not too many AFL players and NRL players that fit in that void. Um, Cause there's no doubt you would have been a pretty high number back in the day, mate. No, no, it wasn't. No, my lowest, my, my highest number, I think, was about forty-two. I think. Well, that's not what you told me back in the days, in your recruiting <laughs> days at Melbourne under 19s mate. What, what were you sitting on? What number? <laughs> Nothing, mate. Um, I think it was number seventeen, the nineteens, seventeen. Yeah. Okay. I know. I thought you're pretty sure you were close to, <laughs> to the 90s, which is pretty much off the list. 89, nice. 88, 89. Anyway, we move on. Um, and I have to play this. Welcome back. Come back, lovey dovey. This is your home now. It's great to have you back, great man. We missed you last week. Good uh, mission, you, mate. you would have had a good time talking to uh, Balls, Rodney Balls Grinter. It was a good chat, mate, and being a. Being an old-fashioned hard man yourself, mate, on the field, you would have uh, you would have been you would have been in your great presence. That's for sure. Having a chat. We um, 
we would have had a sliding doors moment last week because the year he started playing at East Burwood, um, unfortunately, the year before we finished last and got relegated. So uh, out, out of Greenwood. Um, when he went to East Burwood, just a quick note on that. Uh, he went with he was there with Richardson, Doug Bowie, uh, Trent Hotton, uh, Damien Hullahan. Anyone that knows the VFL and the Slater boys from Box Hill and Richmond, uh, two boys over six foot seven and weighed a hundred plus each. Um, they were, he was part of just an amazing local football team, and um, he didn't back, he didn't stop because of his age in terms of his aggression. I, I, I've got on very good authority from those of other clubs that I was friends with that uh, he made everyone shit their pants still, no matter what he was doing. So. Um, he was. He was hard and tough. He was physical as a kid, as it gets. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I watched the show back and, um, yeah, he's a nice fella. He's a good fella. Just one of those stock standard white line flavor guys, obviously. So, um, yeah, no, nah, it was a good show. Well done last week too. Yeah, cheers, mate. Uh, it's it's great to have someone of that calibre on talking about the good old days. We we tend to try and find you know latest players or you know players still playing and that kind of thing, and they're very hard to access. But it's it's not easy to find to get one of the uh, the old boys too, um, and yeah. someone that's uh, been so pivotal in putting together things that are so important, like uh, getting together past players and all that sort of stuff. It was really good to kind of touch on uh, his involvement there. All right, we're going to go with. Um, a quick shout out, another shout out to a good show friend of ours, um, Eddie Zamet, who has curated this incredible exhibition. Um, Eddie, talk about Eddie's up and about right now. His Tigers have made the finals, which wasn't going to happen. So he's he had to ring me today and make sure that uh, that got a mention. But also I thought I'd play this little trailer or intro into an exhibition he's doing with um, Silver Chairs, Daniel Johns, which opens up in the next couple of days in Melbourne. So look forward to showing you a little bit of this, boys, a little snippet. We are all time travellers. The human mind is able to take us back to relive traumatic events. It's also capable of creating crippling anxiety about future events that will likely never happen. The trick is to use your mind to time travel back, to relive beautiful moments in intimate detail, but perhaps even more powerful is the mind's ability to manifest a glorious vision for your future. So there it is. It's going to be in Melbourne and it's called the past, present and future never, um, which Eddie basically had free reign of curating this with Daniel um, to the point where he was able to go and talk and tell stories and go through all sorts of boxes of old literature and uh, school reports um, and all sorts of things. So I just thank Daniel for opening up his whole life, um, every part of it basically, and between him and his mum uh, to, to be access so accessible i don't think many artists ever get to do something like this so i know daniel's blown away by it um and look forward to uh seeing this exhibition so if you want to know more about it this is it um there's a little trailer for it and the last part is uh i want to make sure that everyone knows where they can get a ticket most importantly 
is radiovelvet.com. If you Google that, you will find a ticket to that exhibition. I think it opens in 26th, so it's this week, pretty much this weekend, Friday night. Go and have a look. It will be gripping for sure. There's been some incredible artists that we're going to have a chat to in the next couple of months as well, some of the artists that have put together pieces that um, form part of Daniel's life, so it be pretty special to be involved. A um, couple of massive things that have happened to Melbourne in the last couple of weeks. Kiss are in town. Possibly oh, yeah. Biggest band um, to hit our shores for a long time. Let's face it, they were coming pre-COVID. They definitely have made a big bang. Um, and here's a little clip from the other night's show. I just want to play this. Still monsters. I tell you what, now Gene is 72 years of age. The fact that he's able to slam around in those big stilettos still, those big high boots, he must be doing squats and, and calf raises to the cows come home. He must have some very strong legs, that boy. I mean, we know he's got other attributes, but uh, yes, his legs, are, he, must be, he must be still mega fit just quietly. I think all the boys would be, um, and I want to thank uh, Robert Carbone, Carby Wabi. He runs by as uh, one of the photographers who took some of these incredible shots uh, at that show. And, um, someone's got to document this amazing story, um, and he has been able to do that as he has done for a long time. So, Carby, mate, you absolutely kill it. Keep doing your keep doing your thing. He's missed he's missed live music more than anyone, but to be down in that pit right at the front um, to be able to photograph the first couple of songs. Must be an incredible experience for sure. Um, and a shout-out to shout out to three, um, obviously, each segment that they move on to in different parts, different states, they get to use local talent, local bands, normally as, uh, as warm-up uh, or leading bands. And these boys, Rival Fire, um, played the first night. And then Dead City Ruins played the second night. And friends of ours, Dallas Crane, had, had a massive opportunity to play uh, third night, so that's big for Melbourne music, and it puts them on that pretty much that world stage because you never know who's who's sitting in the crowd that's watching. So I remember uh, the first time I ever saw Even or Ash Naylor with Even was um, on stage just before Dandy Warhols played at um, the where was it the Forum um, would have been about how long ago was that, mate? Ninety two or somewhere like that. So. Yeah. And uh, shout out to the Even Boys. They get to play with Hoodoo Gurus and Dandy Warhols are actually all playing um, at the My Music Bowl, which has been rescheduled to about September 12th. So that's uh, that's an exciting one as well. Plenty happening yep. in the world of music. That's Hang on. Uh, 1992, Danny Warhols. Yeah. Yeah, that was that first album, their, um, well, their biggest album, effectively. Uh yeah, it was great. Absolutely great. You're so but, old. Sure. Um, Berkey had the old bowling shoes he always used to wear to gigs and still does. Um, <laughs> and, the, and no doubt the microfiber shirt that went with it. So, 
He's uh, mate. The Hensel, he's, what was it the Hensel light, the Hensel light specials were they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, with the number, you know, with the number on the, the size. On yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Did well. <laughs> uh, just a quick. I just want to promote three quick gigs before we get going um, with the rest of it. Uh, show show favorite as well. Joyce Pressure, um, Brunswick Artist Bar. This is tomorrow night. She'll be playing downstairs and then upstairs. Uh, free gig, a uh, band called Sweet Talk, which are awesome, awesome. Um, the drummer out of Gold Mines is actually in that band. And then Jimmy the Saint, Sinners, and Queenie. So one worth checking out too. And then we're a little flashback to the good old days in the 90s and 2000s, something for Kate is playing again. So they've played in Adelaide. They're off to Melbourne next on Friday as well at the Northcote Theatre. So I did see some tickets still available for that. Yeah, if you don't catch Queenie there, you can catch this young lady, Queenie, at the gem, which is a free gig as well. So that might be worth doing if you've got nothing on. And if you've got something on, change it and go to that gig. So no footy this week, so you've got no choice and no ch- no excuse, I should say. Um, it's time to get out there. Yep. All right, boys. Let's talk about the week that was. This is what I saw during the week. What's going on here, boys? That is a frustrating moment for you boys, I'm sure. Um, I do remember these days as a Melbourne supporter not long ago, and every club sadly um, has been through trials and tribulations like this uh, in the last 20-odd years. But sadly, Bombers, it's your turn Again, and I don't know why it's your turn because you don't really deserve it. You've been through torture, basically, with the drug saga and got over that, and I thought you were all on the mend moving forward. But it seems technically some infighting has gone on and some expectation, I suppose. I suppose that's the tag you have when you're one of the biggest clubs, the expectation of winning. And I think that's a frustrating part for sure. So I'm not sure where it's going to fit into your nights, boys, but we're going to talk about it off the top to get it out of the way. Lovey, do you want to kick us off or we get Cuz's opinion first? Uh, Cuz can talk to this one. Look, as an essence of poor, look, I'm like Lovey, I love him, but it's very frustrating. Look, obviously they've been very undivided for quite a time and it's come to a head, it's come to a head with, um, with Barham's, I suppose, Appointment, um, and then his appointments led to the sacking of Ben Rutten, and then also to other members leaving the board and the CEO leaving as well. So they they're attempting to get a divided, a, a united front, but I still think it's quite a divided front. I think they've got a fair bit of work to do. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, by no means is this solution. Or it is there a solution? And today, there were some mass exits, I guess you'd say. Fair to say the broom has been swept through that place. There won't be too many left by the end of this week, I wouldn't imagine. Um, I did hear that, I think it was, um, who's the who's the player, football manager now, ex-player, Wellman? Mm. He's going to stay there until they appoint a new football manager or so. So that's an interesting take, I guess. I suppose with the draft coming up and they want to look like they're still doing their work, due diligence. But what a frustrating time. Obviously, Essendon threw a last-ditched effort at Alistair Clarkson uh, and that 
kind of created a bit more turmoil, fair to say, in amongst the club. Um, but it's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting one. So anyway, let's come back to that one. All right, I'll I'll, I'll give you boys a a little. Oh, do you want to go now, Lovey? Take your pick. We can hold back. I want him to go. I'd love him to go. I've got other. I've got other things I want to talk about. That's fine. Before or after? Or during? <laughs> That's okay. We can come back to it. Get done. Yeah. Right. All right, guys. Yeah. Let's kick off. Let's kick off with the news of North Melbourne. All right, Clarko. Um, what? What a signing for North Melbourne. And finally, there seems to – it's an incredible um, thing once you sign a coach that everyone's been wanting or everyone's been targeting. Everyone's a little bit more spring in a step, fair to say. Now, going to be plenty of people that go by the wayside with Clarko's appointment because he's going to bring in his own people, no doubt, and he's going to want his own player and player network as you build. So – What's realistically, guys, what does a, bringing in a coach like that do for morale? And what what's the expectation now that we would expect as supporters of other clubs on North Melbourne? What do we think first? Lovey? Um, look, first of all, I think it's really good for a club like North to be able to secure um, someone of, with the accolades he's got, I think. Now, for a club that cops criticism on the on, on a daily basis about, and I, I give it, it's, you know, tin pot rattlers and all that sort of stuff. And um, the fact that they've got, not a favourite son, I, I don't look at it as that, like that. I look at it more as they're strategically gone for the best they think that's available. And, I, and, and that's the right way to go about it. Um, what I was impressed with was the due diligence they clearly undertook. Um, so it was a five to six week process with Alistair. Um, and that's 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 what you, that's how you recruit in any normal business, any other way you go about business. You, you 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 do the research, you make sure that everyone's accountable in terms of agreement to the decision you want to make. They went out, they uh, asked him if he was interested, have the proper conversations, uh, ticked off that he definitely wanted to do it, obviously, and um, you know they, they got the appointment done. And I think that it was as clean as a whistle. Uh, in terms of shake-up, I don't think it will be, really. I mean, most people at North Melbourne in the last probably 10 weeks have realised I probably need to tidy up my CV anyway because uh, there was always every chance that, you know, the, the club was going to go a different direction under whoever it might have been. So if you haven't prepared for that, well, you know, sucks to be you. Um, the the thing that I find interesting is this, the, the hysteria that's gone on about it, particularly from the North people on. I really hope that uh, they start tempering it a little bit. Um, he hasn't bought you any premierships yet. You lost to the team that's finished 16th on the, or 14th on the ladder by 10 goals on the weekend at home. Um, yeah, you've had coming off a year with 54% in two wins. It's not like you've had an eight-year win. You've brought in someone who can get you up to 14, 15, you're going to challenge. You've got to – this is going to be a slow burn. Yeah. Um, this is this this needs to be methodical. It needs to be patient. They've got the right bloke in to do that. But um, if I'm North Melbourne, I'm not uh, ramming up my expectations all of a sudden. And I, I, I don't think they will. I, I think you know if 
as good as Sonia Hood has been with her process and, and and the like, if they continue to act like that whilst he's in the whilst he's in the chair and allow him to do what he needs to do, they will find success. But it it won't be next year. Look for me if they get six wins next year, I think that's real progress. Um, Anything less than six, I think, you know, it might, might feel like it's going to take even longer than that. But I, I, I would aim for six to, six to eight wins next year from North Melbourne, if I'm realistic. You're going to get another couple of good young kids in, in the draft. You'll probably trade pretty well. There's, there's currency for some of the guys on the list still. Um, and, you know, Clocko knows what he's doing in terms of getting in the ears of blokes um, at other clubs too. So don't underestimate how well he does that. But um, it doesn't mean it's immediate success. And the only, the only thing I'll finish up on with that is because if everyone remembers where Malthouse went after Collingwood, then certain club went backward. So it's not always guaranteed. Um, you know, and everyone thought that, you know, I'll finish on the other one, everyone thought that Sheeds would get GWS up and running within three to four years. It didn't happen. Yep. Um, so I think it's not guaranteed, but it's a very, very good appointment. Cuz just on that, um, Lovey seems to think four, well, six, six to eight wins is is where he sees the benchmark of what the expectation should be. What's your thoughts on that? It's a big jump from two wins. Uh, are they capable of been doing that? Because they will bring in a couple of people, no doubt. But are they going to be be able to bring enough to win that many games? It's going to be it's a competitive industry, as we know. Yeah, look, I think it's important they aim to get that, like with the people they're going to get on board, that, that Clarko will bring on, on board to the club. And I'll go on with Love. I think it's a great appointment for the club and, and, and well done. As Lovey said, I think I think the biggest thing about the process was the due diligence of it. They went about it the right way, um, had a target and achieved their aim. So so you've got to give credit where credit's due for that. The six straight wins, look, I think in the first season, that I think they need to target that and actually try to achieve that and make that like a, a real palatable sort of aim and sort of a goal for them to, and and then almost have that as a tick-off thing in their first sort of set of targets and processes in the years going forward. Sure. It's a big ask. Like you just said, it's, a, it's an even comp. So they're stepping up, winning another five or six games, and you're relying on, in doing that, you're taking games off other, other clubs, aren't you? So you're relying on a fall from other clubs at some in some way, shape or form. So... So, look, yeah. there's definitely a need to step up. Look, I think the pressing thing for Clarko at the moment or in the, in the foreseeable future, the close foreseeable future, is to get the three blokes who are under a cloud to sort of sign on and commit. Um, Zerha, Horn Francis, and I think it's Taron Thomas. They've sort of made there's inklings that they might want to leave. I, I think with him coming on board now, I think that will... Tip the balance back in North in North's favour, but I think that'll be that'll be three signatures he'd be pretty keen to sort of get pen to paper on. You know what? On that, this, this, is, this is what shits me about this industry. And it's these, these young blokes and their agents, or their, their agents actually get in the ears of these young blokes, and ultimately the young blokes go by the advice they receive. Even <laughs> these three guys should absolutely sign on, even for two years. Something like that. Guess what? You're going to learn from one of the best in the business for two years. If the club still isn't having any success, you've got every right then at the age of 22, 23 to go and seek a potentially more successful club. 
Hey, guess what? You've just you've just learned two years of football under one of the best. Instead, imagine if you decide I'm actually still going to leave anyway, and you go to a club that you're not going to get as well educated on it, and you, you're still not even guaranteed the success anyway. So, um, if I'm if I'm any of those three players, I'm absolutely signing on. Absolutely signing on because there's far more benefits than there are external. The grass is greener on the other side way too many times in football, and it just it really works out. And, yeah. and, and I, I'm with you, love. I think it's almost remiss of those three players' agents not to encourage them to sign purely for the learnings and education they'll get from a bloke like Clarkson and the people who bring to their organisation. Yep. I, I, I find it incredulous that they were talking about going elsewhere. Yeah, interesting enough, a comment from uh, one of the absolute greats of North Melbourne, no doubt. Um, gives no, he's... Um, I don't agree with that second... I don't uh, agree with the second half of that quote. Yeah, um, so that, that's an interesting point that I don't – they're a long way from a destination club yet. Um, you, Because you're right in respect of the players that they've got there should be re-signing to stay with Clarko and show him a bit of backing. But it doesn't take long before a few losses grind you down and all of a sudden, you know, their expectation to be in a team that wants that's going to win, the demand gets quicker. So – what we're going to finish on with North, we have to finish with this little video as soon as I find it. Here we go. Where is it? So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! There's got to be a chance. And your big chance. You've got to be a chance with Clarko. I hold on to that video clip and so many things in life. It's brilliant every time. <laughs> It's been, it's been wheeled out a few times across the AFL uh, in the last couple of weeks. So I did have to find it and dig it up. And no doubt it's going to be a bit of a staple on our show for sure. Because yep. all you need, as we know, boys, is is exactly that, a chance. Um, and you never know where it leads. Speaking of chances, the top eight is finally locked in after round 23. What we're going to do is we're going to go through 10 moments from round 23. Uh, and we're going to talk about each kind of club as we go through. And we're going to kick off with the 10th moment, 10th best. Hilberg got up there and brought it down. Bit of prime time hang time. Fair grab, boys. GWS, what a club. Uh, they're on the rise what a bunch now. Of sooks. What a bunch <laughs> of sooks. They've, uh, they, were given the fa- they were given the farm. Yep. They had the farm. They were milking the cow for about two or three years, and all of a sudden now they're, just, they're trying to claim that they need some more help, extra help and the rest of it. You yeah. pack of sooks. I'd rather wind you up. It's all I don't, the like the I don't like the taste of the milk. Uh, that's come from the cow now. So, look, they got their man. Uh, and I think it's about time. It's a great appointment too, personally. I think uh, he was definitely one of the coaches in waiting. And at 16 years of tour of duty, he finally got to have a shot. So let's see. Congratulations. Cuz, who am I talking about? Adam Kingsley, mate. Well done. <laughs> 
That's why you're there, Cuz. You're the backup man, mate. Just fill me in when I... Just struggling a bit there, were you, mate? Just you couldn't... No, no, I, the... I, did, I did have it, but it was Adam, and I, I uh, tripped over the last bit. So I thought, let's not roll with it. Let's just put Cuz on the spot. So I thought you were making sure that Cuz was awake. That's, well, okay. that's, that's, another, that's another point. That feedback did come to me during the week, which was delivered to me <laughs> by a good friend of ours, Wally, that uh, said he's watched the show a few times and looked Cuz right between the eye and said, switch on, kid, switch on. Cuz <laughs> <laughs> assures me he's switched on tonight. So let's see. We're only going to go another 15, I reckon. So let's see. All right, GWS, where do we think they're going to finish? Let's go with a quick prediction for next year. Uh, have they become the sport brats of the AFL? Well, that's a whole show probably in itself. Potentially, yeah. I mean, when things don't work um, out, like you said, what, they, what, they what, put their hand in. They've still got a very good list, haven't they? Like The, the, the list is still okay. Do, we, do you agree with that? Yeah, but, the list yeah, but Glenn, Glenn, have they? They've finished 16th, have they? Yeah. I mean... You've got a bunch of blokes that on paper and talent you might go, yeah, they were, they were highly rated back eight years ago when they were all drafted and the rest of it. But a lot of them have been found out. A lot of them have got a lot of limitations at that level to play the game. And mm. I suspect they'll probably at best finish about 12th next year. I don't think I, – I honestly don't think that they've um, they've planned very well post that grand final from 2019. I think they've – They've just decided to try and hold on to that list as long as they could, and they didn't generate it. And yep. Liam, Cam- Liam Cameron fell on his sword earlier this year because of that. Um, I just, I just don't think that there's that much cattle there, to be honest. They'll, they will have a hopper that goes to Geelong. They'll probably get some draft picks and stuff like that. But um, you know, that it's they're going to have to sell some top end or trade some top end talent out to get in the draft and maybe regenerate the list somehow. But for me, they're 12th at best next year. Yep. All right. Give me one positive, Cuz, that you see in GWS. You know your footy. You've seen a lot of footy. Tony McGlean's a superstar, mate. As long as he plays, they go all right. Well, the question is how many games can he play without, sadly, getting himself in trouble, um, which, well, you know, once, as you know, it's not always his fault. Rod Grinter talked about this last week. Um, sometimes you become the hunted and anything you do gets scrutinised more than other people. So I reckon Toby Green's been stiff a couple of times, personally. Um, but you're right, they need him in the side. But at the end of the day, he's not the only player that's got to get it done. Maybe they're too reliant on him. That's all I'd question. So, all right, we're going to go with um, the ninth best. Right foot banana, bending. Gee, I'll tell you what, there were some great goals uh, in round 23 in some great games. There were some great goals all year, and I haven't seen who's won goal of the year, which they probably just announced, but um, it's it's quite incredible to see how good uh, how good our comp is with those. It's something about a goal on the boundary, and especially from a set shot. Um, Lovey, one of your specialties, kick from the boundary? Oh. Mate, I can't kick him 30 out directly in front. Um, no, well, isn't, that, I, I, isn't, that, 
that's an interesting point though that that can commonly be a problem that guys uh, can't kick it from thirty out, but they can kick it from the boundary line thirty out. It's it's a concentration thing, mate. It's in your head, and you know when you're on the boundary line, you're probably less inclined to stress about it. You just look at it, you go, oh yeah, pick a spot, and you just have a crack at it. Whereas um, you know directly in front, the expectations are hundred. The moment you drop from the hundred, um, yeah, they miss it. And um, I don't know. It's I, I don't think they. We can talk about goalie if you like, but I don't think they kick for goal anywhere near as well as what we used to back in the two thousands and the nineties. And and that's purely because they don't train it well enough. I don't think they, they, you hear from AFL circles that you know, guys spend hours, but then you look at all the social media clips and everything, and it's shots from the boundary, miracle shots. And so, yeah, they're getting those in, but, you know, are they putting the 50 in? Are they putting the 50 in from a 45 angle directly in front, 30-degree angle? You know, um, Plugger said he didn't really do a lot of running because he had 100 shots on goal and training. Yeah. And he aimed, he aimed to get the 65% each, each session and shouldn't shock horror. He's a very good shot for goal. Yeah, which as so, you know, you're now not allowed to sit there and take all those shots because you get micromanaged that you've got too much load on your body then and all this sort of stuff. So, oh, um, the, sport, the sports medic, the sports medics, they, 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 they're up in arms. You, your groin's about to blow up or something. Like, I, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Cuz, got a take on that or we move on? Oh, mate, I, I agree. They don't train it enough. It's, 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 a, it's a forgotten art, but you still need to kick goals. Coming like it's funny, like back. as a good backing, because you you'd love the fact that the forwards aren't training uh, to to convert their goals now. But no, honestly though, I don't get it. That that's your art. So you practice your art, don't you? Sure. To, to, to get better at it. And as yeah. you said, lovey, plug used to kick a hundred goal, hundred shots, have a hundred shots a goal a night at training. Because that was his, that was his job to get him to be better at his job. And if you worried, if you worried about load. The big bastard was 120 kilo and he still played for 17 seasons. So I yeah. think he did all right. Yep. <laughs> bring bring back the uh, the goal kicking after training and before training, mate. Um, that's that's yeah. what needs to be out there. So, all right, number eight. Short pass, hits grass. Back to Clark. To Meek. Clark. Can he kick it from there? He launches, he loads up, and he's got it! Gets it once. How many one-twos have we seen from him today? He's the third one in the chain there. That's from 55-60. Duano, that's a beauty. That's going to be one of those ones that he tells his kids that gets longer and longer and further and further out in his career, but... It's hard to beat a long goal, isn't it, boys? Um, it, it, no, it's nice one kick. thing. It's one thing that you can you can uh, break down a game quickly if you launch that ball and get it going from wherever on the ground. To be honest, it breaks how, how, and it does damage. How funny the way the games change. So we were talking about uh, just before, literally bemoaning that blokes can't kick set shots from 30, 35 out. But now the way the games change and built. Um, it's almost if you've got two designated kickers that are on the wing or half back, they can run through. Um, a fifty-five meter bomb for them is just a piece of piss. Like it's just, it's literally just such an easy thing for them to do now. Um, you know, grounds are a lot better, footies are a lot better these days. But you know, 
there. It's it's a it's a bloody good skill to have. I, you know, that's that's something that you've got to train to do. And you know, Essendon's got a, got their own one in uh, Red Dog, uh, Redmond. He's 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 excellent at it. But every club's got them, and they're such a weapon. They're such a weapon. They sure are. And we'll, let, let's touch on that one while we've got while we had him up. But Frio success. Um, I know you were a big rap on him early. Um, Lovey, still am. I was going to say, are you still now that they've yep. their position yep. um, is sudden death for them? They've got nothing to lose after this week. They will beat the dogs. They'll yep. beat them around the ears, and uh, then they'll travel into state, and they've got all to play for. And that's the way a good young free team that's jumped up the ladder should play. That's I've loved watching them this year. I knew that I knew that there was something in it with them, and um, yeah, I. I Sky's the limit if they win this one. Yeah, enormous, enormous advantage from home for them. It's a long way yeah. over to Perth, and it seems to be a long way back. Um, a week off now. Geez, they freshen up beautifully, ready to have a massive crack at uh, yep. at the Bulldogs, that's for sure. Um, for a tired Bulldogs, in my opinion, as well. So, Carl, interested in your quick thoughts? I'll actually give the doggies a chance. But, but that said, Lovey, as you, as you said, Lovey, I'm a big Furrow fan too. They've they've come on leaps and bounds, and as you said, if they can win this this game next week, they've got a free hit in a way, almost. Especially against the Lions at the Gabba. If the, if the Lions yep. lose this week to the D, uh, to the D's, well, they, well, they go in with no expectation in a way, don't they? So that's that's mm. it, it, it brings in that sort of free hit element to it. Sorry, not the D's, the Swannies. Sorry, my yep. bad. So if the D's beat the Swannies, I think the Dockers will play the Swans. Dockers match up perfectly against the Swans. So it's game on. Yep. All right, number seven. That was a ripper. Big grab. Uh, very Tony Modro-esque. And it's great to see. I love when a guy lands basically almost on his feet again um, after taking that big grab. Jeremy Howe yeah, the best ones. very well. Um, there's a few others in the league that can do it. Some others yeah. tend, to, tend to land on their head regardless, no matter which way they jump. So, uh, Liam Ryan's another. Yeah. Liam Ryan's yeah. a really good exponent of it. Great to see the high um, flying mark still in there. Reminded me of my good <laughs> self back in my heyday. <laughs> yeah. I, nah. I like i like to need to see some evidence of you off the ground, Lovey. You know what would be? They're still, they're still filling the holes in a Jubilee Park at Ringwood now, mate. It's, uh, <laughs> and that was only when I got a foot off the ground. It's, um, it's, it's such a good – I'm, I'm so glad that's still in the game, mate. Yep. Oh, it's the, definitely – The opportunity to take those hangers. Huge yeah. highlight of our game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, great visual. Righto. We go to the Cats. Some players 
that love that moment of making the goal as difficult as it can possibly be and still convert it. Um, what a turnaround, this young man. I, I just want to touch on how important he's been really to the Cats. I mean, in a good team, it's going to help you, mate, look good for sure. But a player that's probably not taking his footy as seriously as he possibly should have years ago, and now he's come into this environment in Geelong, mentored by Eddie Betts. And boy, has he turned it around. And he's been fantastic for Geelong. How closely have you followed him, boys, this year and seen what he's done? Any highlights I've seen of him? He's just talk about a handy inclusion. I think um, the Eddie Bet situation has obviously been very helpful and beneficial to him as well. Like Eddie taking, un- Eddie taking him under his wing and just directing him and getting that bit of bit of a loud out of him, for want of a better word, just getting him to calm down a little bit and enjoy his life and enjoy his footy, which has been good for him and for the mm. Cats as well. Yeah. Well, but why have Geelong been up, up at the top of the ladder since 2007? It's culture. It gets back to they put an arm around every single bloke in that place and it just, they're, they're bonded like there's no tomorrow. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be the stiffest bloke to miss out on the Australian team tonight. I haven't seen the team if it's been run out. I don't see him sneaking, quite sneaking in there. Um, he's probably going to be the stiffest one out, in my view. Uh, he's had a sensational year, and he's done what Cosy did for Melbourne in a lot of games last year. When there was a bit of a lull, he'll be the bloke that pops up and just does something dynamic for Geelong. It's not necessarily even in front of goal. It'd be an effort. It'd be getting the footy. It'd be making his opponents look like dickheads, and just bang, Geelong are off and running because... Just because of one or two little moments that he's provided them this year, um, and, and yeah, the turnaround in his life—you know—he he absolutely hit rock bottom um, at Adelaide, and you know, you talk about cultures. Um, people can come at me; I don't care who they are. But Adelaide's culture has 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 been seen for what it is during the course of this year as well as last year. And you can take it back to twenty eighteen. There's no way known they looked after Tyson Stengel as well as they probably could have. Um, I'm just glad a club like Geelong got a hold of him and um, treated him like a brother. And then he's uh, he's paying him back in spades. Love it. Yeah, sure is. All right, we're going to move on to number five, Swanee. Certainly brewed out of there. Rebate a contest. Clark underneath. And in a flash there, gone. Hand pass from Hayward. Warner can run and run and kick long to the square. Papley wasn't required. What a gun. Oh, what a goal. One of the best in the competition, one of the real up-and-coming young stars. That's as good a goal as you'll see. How difficult that is to do as a midfielder, Louis. John O'Brien, that's as good a... Good a goal. I love it, Jono. Um, Swannies, geez, I, they're the big dark horse for me uh, this this season. Incredible speed, and that that epitomised uh, how quick those guys really are. They've got so many good runners. I only hope that on the bigger grounds they get found out a little bit, because. But I tell you, they're a brave team. They love cutting it back in board and moving it quickly. Uh, they're my concern for this week against the Demons. If if they beat you guys this week, they play the grand final. Simple as that. Mm. Get a home prelim up in Sydney. It's a fortress in there. 
Forget it. It's a great final. That, that helps him, doesn't it? If they win this way, that helps him in a big way, doesn't it? Yeah. Opens yep. up that path. And when, when you've got guys, you, you know, you talk about nudes, Warner, um, you know, you, you, you've got uh, – there's about another six or seven like him. And that, uh, they're arrogant. They're, they're, they're smart asses. They get ahead of themselves. They back it up. Geez, they back it up. It's, it, you, you think they're going to fall over, a bit like Collingwood. Surely these young blokes at Sydney are going to fall over soon, but not at all. You know, when Kennedy was out, I, I actually thought, where's their leadership going to come from? But they just do it themselves. Like, they just, they're just they just so full of it to the point where it doesn't matter. They just keep banging away and banging away. And um, there's a lot of blokes I'd love to just throttle, but it's fun watching them too. It really is. It's a lot of fun watching them. But they play with an air of arrogance, but it's also a belief. And as you said, Lovey, they've got the arrogance, but they back it up though. Like they, yeah. they, they walk the walk, but talk, they talk the talk, but walk the walk as well. Yep. Yep. All right. We're going to uh, tribute this last one to all the retirees for this season. And this season, for some reason, seems to be there's plenty, and there's a, seems to be a lot more retiring this season. <laughs> than there's ever been. But let's lead them off with these couple. enough no superstars amongst those four but boy did they achieve probably the best they could out of themselves i mean matt DeBoer, absolute workhorse at two clubs um one of the great taggers too of all time too in the in their modern kind of era um mcavoy was was one of those boys blokes at st kilda that was okay but didn't shoot the lights out got the hawthorne now he's got two premierships, pretty handy. Um, Hanabry could have been anything, but I'm very unfortunate with injuries. Um, and the other one, Paddy Ryder, who obviously played for you, three clubs, your, but your beloved uh, Bombers as well, Port, and then finished at the Saints. The only comment, the only co- yeah, the only comment I got on those four was Paddy. And I just, I, I, unfortunately, that, that, that drug saga, it, hit him right at the peak of his powers. He was 27 yes. by then, I think. Um, if he was able to remain settled at the club, he would have been our best ruckman since Simon Madden. And, and I say that with all absolute sincerity to anyone else that came before him. Um, I know Barnsley and Alessio were ruckman, premiership ruckman, but, geez, Paddy Ryder just was the epitome of the athletic ruckman. Um the only bloke that consistently had it over Dean Cox at a young age as well in, the, in his early years. Um, just massive leap. Read the game really well. Could go forward, kick a goal or two. Um, I just felt for him. And I know a lot of people were critical of Paddy leaving and what he said on the way out. But 
no one ever walked in his shoes at that point in time. So let's um, just leave that alone. And I just, yeah, I think he's just stiff that he couldn't get continuity in his career because of that because he would have been an absolute superstar otherwise. Absolute all Australian nearly every year superstar. Hmm. So some amazing players this season. That's for sure. <laughs> and they'll they'll all be highlighted over the next couple of weeks. Cuz will do his homework and give us a list of all the players that have retired um over the league. So I know he'll uh, he'll love doing that. But let's move on Thank to you. the number three, Paul Power. There's another one, Robbie Gray. There is you. How good has he been for uh, for Paul? There is your superstar. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um, um, I, he joins the Booney Quinlan Club for me. Um, one of the best ever and ever to win one. Um, just if he was based in Victoria, he would have been rated up there with. In the last 10, 15 years with Hodge, Ablett, Buddy, um, you name your top six and he would have been in it. It's just that he was in South Australia, so, you know, you don't, you don't hear it as much, but, oh, he's a god over there and rightly so. Yeah. Yeah, pretty special player, that's for sure. All right, we move on to a uh, pretty special moment out of a terrible loss. about the ultimate warrior in my opinion um boy did that boy have uh, a challenge against him you know with uh what he went through and then the infections in the blood and all sorts of things that he had lost a truckload of weight um to me it was as big as the jason mccartney story from years ago um one of the best moments i've seen uh, of, of the year to be honest uh, from both clubs uh the Everything that was going on at Essendon for them still to have uh, the the fortitude to give him that final send off game. There's so many club players that don't get to do that. I thought that was a great moment. And then what Richmond did when they didn't have to do that, the game was well and truly done. But the the show of respect uh, there and cars, you'd be wrapped uh, 
Hurley's still in the drop punt club, mate. Um, that was a beautiful kick. Just got it through, though, mind you. Um, but it was a, a pretty special moment as a bomber. Um, you must have had special times watching Hurley over the years and just to see him uh, get up there and get one more game and, most importantly, kick that one goal too. What's your thoughts? Just, just, a, just a star of a bloke. Just a really good, just a really good down to earth bloke. He gave, gave everything for his club. Um, a one, a one team player. Um, and just, an, just the respect that he's obviously got, not only from the Essendon, his Essendon teammates and the Essendon community, but also from the the wider AFL community as well. He's obviously a loving, very well loving, respected player, and I, I wish him all the importance. And um, yeah, good, good luck, good luck to him in his future endeavours. He'd be a pretty handy coach, I would have thought, because um, he's got he's got a bit to give as far as uh, resilience and, and teaching resilience. Fair to say, Lovey, interested in your thoughts? Um, I was actually I was here live. I was right in front of that goal. Um, I, was, I was adjacent to where he actually took the shot from uh, in the pocket. Um, and don't lie, it never looked like missing. It was it was just dead straight. Um, <laughs> but uh, sadly, he's one of the ones that are the one of the last of the resilient ones, I think. Um, you know, you keep getting bashed back, bashed back, bashed back, and you keep putting a foot forward, and you keep putting a foot forward. He he was the one, along with Hooky, that supported Joe through all those really shit years at the club. Um, you know, people making pretty ugly rumours about him wanting to leave. He said it was never the sort. Uh, he loved the club, despite what it had done to him and done to the players. And um, you know, he 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 just typifies the way I want to live life. Really, um, in that you cop a whack, you don't you know you don't back off from it. You just keep going. And you know that that hip infection he had. Nearly killed him. Mm. Nearly killed him. And, you know, for him to want to get back and do what he did, um, it's just the best example of how to be a human when things aren't quite going well for you. You know, and we get, you know, we have a lot of very, very good examples of, of that outside of footy. But, you know, in footy context, he, he's, as, he's one of the strongest I've ever seen. Absolutely. One of the most resilient strongest blokes you'll ever come across and will ever see. Yep. Um, and hopefully he gets to go on to bigger and better things now that he's a healthy young man again. So I wish him uh, all the best on behalf of... I think he's uh, going to stay involved. I think he's going to stay involved in the club somehow. I hope so. From what I can I hope so. Yep. He'd be yeah. great to have around the club for sure. And I think, to be honest, he has been great to have around the club. Um during this time, you know, his, his tough mental battle and the ability that he came back and um, very similar to some other players that have had their battles and stuff, but that shows how powerful a footy club can be um, and the support and the work that any footy club is from local level all the way up to the, to the big time. But He also achieves a very rare thing, and that is for a blonde-headed fella to have such a very, very thick three-foot beard. I mean, that was... <laughs> That was that was some and the hair that went with it. That was some impressive um, Goldilocks action going on there for a while. So, so there you go, resilience. Stick at it; it'll grow. It'll speaking, for, speaking from a couple of follicle challenged men, <laughs> and stuff, but, um, that's right. 
Pearls, Jeezy. Let's hope, let's hope for a shit card, uh, Aaron. Correct. Um, all right, let's go with the, the moment of the round. Contest. It was within five metres, mate. Play on. Every day of the week. The old-fashioned shepherd, mate. No problem. <laughs> well, I just asked um, him for a friend. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's been controversial for sure, no doubt. Um, and he's a controversial young man. But I hope everyone gets off his back, to be perfectly honest. There's no, there's no, con- there's no controversy about that. That was play on every day. It was for Cuz. No, it was for Cuz. Cuz made a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talk about... When you get three goals ahead, do you somewhat got ahead of yourself knowing that <laughs> the momentum of Collingwood could do some serious damage? Um, Lovey loves about, this. Lovey. Lovey hates Carlton. Hates talk them. about Talk about break a heart. Um, it's, they, they were so good for so long, Carlton, and it could have – it looked like it was theirs, didn't it? Um, and then Collingwood just absolute – never say die attitude that they've had has pushed them to play better than I reckon they are, uh, is the reality. And for them to knock Carlton out by a point, give themselves the double chance. Jeez, Collingwood, jeez, they're going to be hard to stop. Um, if they can get going and get a, get on a roll this week. I don't see them going out in straight sets, but you never know. But they, if they get that first win, who knows? Okay, let's clear that out. I'm kind of with Aaron, but they'll get smashed by Geelong this week. Geelong will give them the reality check they've been needing for about eight weeks. Um, good. You're right. I, I, I tell you what, that was that was some of the best theatre you'll ever see in, in sports, watching sports. Theatre? It, un- it was unbelievable the way that you thought, nah, surely Carlton are going to do it. Surely... Yeah, Collingwood have kicked another couple of quick. Surely you're eight points up. You're going to just do the right thing. No, they didn't. They let another goal. And you're going, okay, Vossi, get back up into that box, mate. Nothing's happening on the ground. Get back up into that box. Yeah. And you just, you can almost see that because Melbourne, Melbourne stole it from Carlton the week before as well. That was quite funny. But this was even funnier. Now, it's a double-edged sword because Collingwood got rewards. I don't like that much either. But <laughs> to see flag blues all of a sudden become no finals uh, from an eight and three position, wasn't it? Uh, this is the – this is this is where you mop up all the shit off the toilet floor and you still find the diamond in there from a weekend of hell that I had with the Essendon and the rest of it. 
I had five minutes where I just thought, well, there's some sort of happiness. There's the rainbow for at least the, a little bit of the weekend. That, that, that cheered me up a tiny bit. It was great. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, it's uh, look for me. It would would have been great for for Carlton to get over the line and play Collingwood again the next week. Uh, that would have been that would have been incredible just for the for the theatre and the, of the story. Um, but it didn't wasn't to be. So we we move on to the finals that are week one, boys. Here we go with the elimination final tomorrow night. Tomorrow it's going to be good one at the Gabba, but. Can the Lions bounce back quickly against the rampaging Tigers? What's your thoughts? Like? You mean tomorrow week? Tomorrow, tomorrow week. Correct. Yeah. Jeez, I just had a heart attack then. Um, <laughs> no, that's so, interesting. We, we'll talk about the week off in a minute, but let's go with that first. My, my take on this game... The week off will benefit Richmond more than Brisbane. Brisbane have pretty much almost had their full team in um, and have been shit. Um, Richmond potentially get Tom Lynch and Dustin Martin back for their first final. Um, so I I see the away team getting up next week at this stage. And I think I, – I, I don't know what Fagan can do with this, this list. It's, it's a very good list. It's a talented list. But, I mean – you know, you've obviously got assholes that are at the forefront on field. So um, I hope I hope Brisbane get done and done like an absolute dinner next week by the Tigers. And I think, from an analytical point of view, I think that's absolutely on the cards. I think the week off helped Richmond. They get players back in, and then they'll get the job done. They know how to. Right, cuz. Before you when did Dusty when did Dusty last play? How long ago? Wait. There's Dusty, mate. Yeah, I know it's a gun. Yeah, the Brisbane Lions, they're, they're an enigma. They are they are possibly one of the AFL's biggest enigmas. But as you said, lovely, the list they've got, and I, I, I tend to agree with you a bit. I think that they could get done in straight sets and no good. What's a straight set if you only lose the elimination final? Oh, well, I got going out straight away though, like for so a side that's sort of under under promised a bit, I think. The only thing they've got is youth on their side, with all of their best players pretty much under twenty seven still. Um, they'll have another one, another crack or two in the next years, but this to me is another wasted year. Absolutely. Yep. Jeez, you can imagine the Tigers supporters, if they win, they'll be up and about, won't they? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Come on, Brisbane. Well, here I am. I'm picking the Tigers by 20 points. So, yeah. I got them by 13. Yeah, I think they'll win by three or four goals here. No, no, sit on the fences with us. No worries. All right. Now we're going with the Demons. The Demons and the Swannies. Friday night special, 2nd of September at the G. Can the Swannies get the Demons and or can the Demons get off to a good start, which is of all the knockers saying in the last six or eight weeks that the Demons were done, they've bounced back well, very well, in fact, um, and they're the only team to have sat in the eight for every week for two years, which is a big statement. Who knows, boys? Who knows what this game will bring? What's your thoughts? When are, um, the, 
Winner of this could win the flag. Thanks, Clay. That's good. Awesome. Well, they're still in the finals if they win. But yes, of course, they can still win the flag. Fucking hell. You got the weather forecast for us tomorrow as well, Glenn. What's going on, mate? Uh, 14, mate, tomorrow. Weather overcast. (laughs) Sydney, I think. I think Sydney. Wow. Thanks for helping us out, cuz. Um, <laughs> team wins by 35. I'm happy. We're, we're up and about. I'm, uh, we spread them wide. Yeah. Let's go. Off we go. So you asked the question, You asked the question. can the Swans get the Ds? Yep. I say yes, they can, but I don't think they will. Now, I think Melbourne's experience on the G in the big games, um, they'll be a bit more settled under those big moments. And I think they get up by about 15 points. Mm. All right. Well, I reckon it's Especially all... if it's wet. Oh, nice. It's all in Big Maxie's hands, I reckon. So it's up to him. What's he yeah. holding there? Is that the is that a hospital tray he's, he's holding? <laughs> Come on, mate. You wouldn't know what one of these things are anymore. They're in the cabinet. Shut up. Shut up. They're in the cabinet. Um, and just while we're quickly on the demons tonight, uh, Clayton Oliver was named as Player of the Year in the AFL Coaches Association, so rightfully so, but fair to say it was a competitive year, so it could have gone to a handful of players. But Clayton Oliver, congratulations, young man. You've, uh, Boy. You're on your way. All right, Boy. let's move to the game after. This is going to be a good one. Qualifying final, another qualifying final, Saturday the 3rd. Weird time, I would suggest, 4.35 there's been a bit of discussion about this 4.35 start. Geelong versus the Pies. Right in the middle Absolutely. of the finals. Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. You wouldn't have minded if it was down in Geelong because where they've got a capacity. If the AFL, if, if, if the AFL honestly think they want to look after grassroots, hmm. that game is being played at 7.45 on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. So people can get to it after they've gone to the local footy. Yep. And you play the following game the next day on the Sunday. Mm. It, it just, what are they doing? It, it just... Why is it reluctant for no Sunday games? I don't get that. What, what's the go with that, I wonder? All right. Who knows, mate? I think, look, could be short turnaround times, but you know what? It's the other elimination finals. Well, guess what? You're, um, you're shit. You weren't as good as the top four, so you get a lesser break. Yeah, Simple. I agree with that. Um, yeah, well, that's, and, and that's the way it should be, too. Yeah, we'll touch on that why uh, we talk about break, but you're 100% right. That game should be a Saturday night, next game on the Sunday. Um, bad luck, pretty much. I mean, it's not the week before the grand final, so it's the it's first week of the finals, for goodness sake. Yeah. You've just had a week off. Um, yeah. The, the week off, guys, let's quickly cover that off before we go to the last game. Um I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it even, evens it up, so to speak, and I, don't, I think you lose the competitive advantage um, of finishing. Without it, without it, the dogs don't win that grand final that year. Yep. Yep, for sure. So I think it's uh, it's favourable to sides like the dogs that I reckon are a bit tired at the moment. Uh, the cats freshen up beautifully. In saying that, though, I'd love to see that the best players – Available and fit are out there, so 
give them all a week to freshen up and let's go to battle. Um, this, this, this game was always built on resilience and attrition and battle of the fittest. And I'm, I'm sorry, but if you can't get through your 22 rounds effectively enough to be competitive in the final, you know what, maybe they don't have as many finalists. Stop seeking so much money from everyone. Keep to a top five or a top six and just having a very, very elite final series because the teams that are in the top five right now have got very, very good injury lists and they're capable of fielding all of their superstar players. Yep. To actually allow the bottom three or four teams the opportunity to replenish before a final is just bullshit. It, it just goes against why you compete in the first place for the first 22 games of the year. It's not it, – they need to get rid of it. It's crap. I'm with you, Lovey. If you, ca- if you can't manage your list well enough for the, for the whole year, it's on you. Bad luck. I'd love to see a final five and a wild card. One player, one team thrown in for the six. Um, then I think it'll be exciting. But who knows? It'll never happen. <laughs> let's face it, it's never going to happen. So let's go to the last game. Elimination final. Dockers versus the Dogs over at Optus. 6.10 on a Saturday night. Another stupid time when everyone's trying to have dinner. Is anyone watching this game? Oh, it's, it's 8 oh. hour time, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Will be. Um, well, I've already made my feelings pretty clear on Freo, so I think they'll win by about 38 points. Yep. I give the doggies a little chance. What's the margin? 10 points. Freo by 50 for me. They blow them out of the water. Um, yeah. Yep. They've just qualified and... Yeah, it's going to be tough. Let's let's face it. All right, so... The draw looks like this. It all gets messy uh, once they start crossing over and change uh, into different divisions. But let's we'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks as we get closer into the, the next final or so. But um, this is how the eight finished. Good forms, winning form. Um, look at the Cats. Clear, clear on top. Um, and also five wins to just set themselves up at the, start, at the end of the season there. Nicely freshening up um but sadly look at carlton i mean they were just about to make the final and they had four losses uh in there which really hurt them so uh as an essendon fans no doubt you when you're struggling you'd like to see carlton struggling so it's probably a revenge yep yep suck shit dish best served cold mate uh as revenge there for them so who's um (laughs) yeah onwards and upwards Fair to say. So, who who are you boys on for? Give us your give us your premier before we before the finals even kick off. Who's gonna Who's gonna take it out? Still say Melbourne. Can I say Melbourne because yeah, yeah. Geelong Geelong haven't been tested very very hard in the last three weeks, um, and they still have when there's a bit of pressure put onto them. They still go a bit handball happy, and I reckon Melbourne will jump all over that like they did in the prelim last year. So if the chance is there for Melbourne to get into a granny against Geelong or even Sydney, I think Melbourne gets it. Interesting. Cuz? I think Sydney. All right. Cool, what is it with you and the, and the red and white tonight, mate? You've... Um, no, look, I, feel, I think they've had a good year, Lovey. Giving you a bit of lube, have they? they, they you, you're quite happy about them. <laughs> No, I, I just think the young blokes are amazing. Like those blokes you spoke about, 
like Warner, Gordon, those sort of blokes. They're, they're just good players who, who, who seem to stand up under pressure. Yep. Look, 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 they might come against Melbourne and get blown off the park. And like Melbourne's pressure, they might not be able to deal with it. But I think from what I've seen so far, I can't say it's been an issue. Right. Well, Cuz, let's finish off with the homework you didn't do. So Cuz's classics out <laughs> the door for this week. Um, Thank you. Taking a show off, and you've brought me nothing. So, Lovey, are we doing yours, or are we are we moving on? What what's the plan? We're going with it. No. Don't hold back, Alan. Righto. Here we go. What's gonna make our friend Lovey mad today? Lovey loses it. Lovey loses it. Lovey loses it. Yeah. Loses its power towards the end of the show, Lovey, but let's face it. But we're going with it anyway. Give us give us some um tell us what's on your mind, mate. Oh look, it's it's um yeah, it's something pretty close to my heart. Um you know, I don't I don't I don't, um, I don't like what's happening and I don't think that, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's impacting me a fair bit, actually. Um, you know, I really, sometimes I'm speechless about it. Sometimes you get frustrated with it. And other times you just think, why? Um, and, you know, you, you sort of ask your friends and sometimes your friends don't even have an answer for it. And it's, it's just, it just really rattles you a bit. And, yeah, it's yes at a fucking football club. It just drives me absolutely mad how my football club can just keep on making decision after decision that no other football club would even almost be, be capable of making. Uh, I don't know. If you're going to go for an A-grade coach, instead of taking four days, maybe do the due diligence four to five weeks in advance like a tin pot club North Melbourne did. So now guess what? We're the new North Melbourne. Congratulations, you absolute muppet heads. Um, I, you know, the, the, the thing about the Michael Hurley on the weekend, that was the only other part that made me really, really happy about Essendon. Um, and it was because the players were there, you know, I, I know I, I can't I can't stomach these silly old white bastards that jump on committees that, that, that just think that their ex business expertise can somehow make this football club great. They haven't. Um, I don't know what David Barham was even thinking. Believe me, he can just pull Alistair Clarkson. And if Alistair Clarkson didn't come off, David Barham should actually walk, walk himself. He should do the right thing and walk himself. You've had now, you've had a captain that's most likely going on the Gold Coast. You've sacked the coach. You've had a CEO walk out. You've had four more, you know, four board members, including Brasher last week, walk out. Um, you cannot get so dysfunctional. Hurley got his send-off. It was fantastic. This is how shit our club has actually become. They failed to give the same send-offs to Bell Chambers and Hooksy, two other greats of the club in the last 15 to 20 years. This is how you do not run a footy club. I, I, I'm actually like I'm actually just so sick and tired of the acceptance of the mediocrity of this football club as 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 allowed itself to become, and too many people that have got words and no action. 
Brash was meant to be as hard as nails. I didn't hear from him for two years. Um, you know, before that, Little was meant to be a, a tough as old, tough as old boots. Made more errors than anything else. Um, I, I just want to see our club actually becoming relevant again. It's the first time I've ever said that our club's irrelevant because it is. Um, I, I just get really, really, I get really annoyed at this sort of shit. And you know what? I've sadly I've become accustomed, and I've uh, started absorbing the abuse I get and the criticism I get about my football club because sadly I've got no comebacks at all. It, it's I now know, I now kind of understand what Melbourne went through many years ago with all of their board upheavals and other clubs have gone through it, but we've done it twice in six years. Like, this is just a joke. And now we want to bring through, we we potentially want to bring back a a, a legend of the club that, you know, most likely has had no experience still. wasn't the architect of our drug saga, but was right in the thick of it. Why would you want to invite all that shit back into the club in James Heard? Do the right thing. Do not do not approach that particular uh, option in any way, shape or form. And for a change, let's have a club that's got no longer got nepotism attached to it. All these, all these club greats and all the rest of it. Just fuck off. Just... Just, just give us a fresh start. Just give our club a head, a, 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 a head above water for starters and get some fresh ideas into the place. And you know what? Get a few people who have been on ASX 200s that have led those sort of businesses within the last five years or are currently still doing it. You know what? Poach someone from a business that is operating in a modern world and knows how to get, a, get, get, a, get an organisation up and going. Because right now... The way our club acted this week and the last week and the last six years, anyone would think it was the last throws of Fitzroy back from 1994 to 96. And it's disgraceful. And we should be a lot better than that. Yep. That's it. Well said, mate. Well said. Nice, mate. Nice. Let's finish on this. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! Be rest assured, lovey, there's a chance. And this is where I'm going to play this to finish us off and then we're going to have a quick chat behind the scenes. But here we go. Good luck to the AFLW girls kicking off. Could be the next premiership for the Bombers. When I'm playing footy, nothing else matters. It's the greatest game on earth. Women do belong on the big stage and they've got something to offer. From the start, let's go, ladies! Few clubs didn't even allow women to play. You belong back in the kitchen. This lady was yelling out, knock her down. Why is your daughter playing a rough sport? These athletes have different professions, different walks of life. <laughs> We're building a pathway for other girls. I'm really, really proud of you. You want to have respect? Fine! Let's chase greatness. Good luck to the girls with the AFLW. Um, And let's finish off once again with uh, this little exhibition by um, 
Eddie Zamet with uh, Daniel John. So good luck with that exhibition tomorrow night, um, which kicks off at the launch. And then it'll go uh, for probably a month or so, but maybe even two months in, in Melbourne. So before you'd love to see it on the road, but I, hopefully this one is a good one for Melbourne. So we're going to sign off with that, boys. Um, chat later. Thanks for uh, everything tonight, and it's good to catch up. And that's been episode 81 of So What's Been Happening. <laughs>